Hello, good morning and welcome to NFL Only Better. My name's Kieran O'Connor. I'm joined as always by John Baff and by Mike Carlson. Gentlemen, uh, the playoffs, they got obviously got started last week, but they kind of really get started this week with the number one seeds coming in. We got uh, Texans, Ravens, Packers, 49ers, Bucks, Lions, Kansas City Chiefs, Buffalo Bills. John Baff, I don't see the Cleveland Browns in that list. What's going on? Oh, did the did the Cleveland Browns play last week in the playoffs? I wasn't aware. I've scrubbed the entire episode from my memory <laughs> at this point. Yeah, that was a uh, that was a hard one for for the I'm sure the masses of Cleveland Brown fans to listen to this podcast. Or is it just me who's a Cleveland Browns fan who really really knows? But yeah, forty five fourteen away to Houston. Uh, it kind of felt like that result was coming a little bit, despite you know some of the more rose tinted spectacles that maybe maybe some of us were wearing. But the Browns have been kind of held together by duct tape for the last probably half of the season. You know, five quarterbacks. They were, by the time that game came around, they were on their fifth and sixth defensive tackles. You know, several players were gone. Obviously, no Nick Chubb for most of the season. But great credit goes to the to the Texans in, the, in this game. They they played tremendously well. They game planned all of the uh, sort of the remaining offensive assets that the the Browns had left, namely Amari Cooper and uh, to a large part uh, David Njoku as well. They were taken out of the game, so the Browns had no run game. They had Joe Flacco kind of looking like the Joe Flacco of old that we had seen and feared might come back. And uh, yeah, but a disappointing game for the Browns to to which was you know it was a very very good season overall for them, but it is a bit of a gut punch to lose by thirty odd points in 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 a rare mm. playoff outing for Cleveland. So uh, yeah, disappointing for the Browns, but this is a this Texans team is legit, and I, I've said it every week on the show, so I'm not going to stop now. But C.J. Stroud is a really fantastic quarterback. He's going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Where I think this guy is on like a sort of a Patrick Mahomes uh, sort of sort of sort of thing like in two or three years don't be surprised if he's been talked about as one of the top three top five quarterbacks in the league he really is tremendous yeah he, he's so poised for a rookie quarterback and um I thought the the guy who was really the key to that game was Laramie Tunsil who basically put a lockdown on Miles Garrett yeah um, Garrett was not really a factor in that game it was an amazing job of blocking by one guy Okay, Mike. Um, I suppose it was a weekend of really of upsets. John may mention about the Cleveland Brown Houston game, but, but but you know Cleveland Browns, you know, were kind of fancied in that. They were two point five only... favorites in that game, yeah, in a way playoff game, yeah, and losing by. Um, but that wasn't really the story of the weekend in terms of of underdogs triumphing. I guess um, the Bills saunter through, which we sort of s- s- expected, but the stories came in Dallas and uh, in Tampa. Uh, I, the biggest surprise, I mean, by by statistically and by point spread and everything, it was Green Bay's victory in Dallas, which was well not done and dusted at halftime, Mike, but kind of was a bit. You were like, it kind of, it back. kind of was. The, the Cowboys, the Cowboys turned in a great performance in garbage time um, to beef, beef up their stats and and whatever. But um, I thought, I thought that they. It was very predictable. Um, the Dolphins lost, the Cowboys lost. You know, we're going against, we're going up against teams, uh, and they didn't have the, what would you call it, the wherewithal mm-hmm. to compete in that. I was surprised by by Green Bay playing so well, um, but um, but it didn't it didn't shock me that Dallas really left their game somewhere else. 
which you could also say about Philadelphia. Um, you know, what was going on there? They weren't tackling, they, you know, they had no continuity. The, it, it was it was a very, very strange game. And and they basically made, I mean, not to take anything away from Tampa or or from Baker Mayfield, but they made Tampa look really good. Yeah. I, and I'll tell you, we've been doing this show four seasons. Five, um, I think. Five, five maybe five. Yeah. yeah, we're well over 100 episodes. Um, and we are obviously, Mike and I worked a little bit before uh, with his B.B. article. Uh, going into the playoffs, uh, this weekend of the playoffs, I've never seen a shorter Super Bowl winner market than the San Francisco 49ers now cut to 13 to 8 to win the Super Bowl. The Baltimore Ravens 5 to 2. The Bills are 9 to 2. The Kansas City Chiefs are 13 to 2. Is that is that just because it's Green Bay I, 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 and just that, or? Is it that the NFC looks kind of a bit of a shit show once you take them out at the moment? Well, I mean, I, I think in in with the Niners, they are they are the best team in the NFC, and I think for all that Green Bay looked really good and Aaron Jones running and the young receivers getting open and being being gamed basically, um, you know that the game plan was was fantastic from from Matt LaFleur I don't think San Francisco is going to be as vulnerable to that because San Francisco's tougher up front they've got mm, two very mobile good linebackers to cut that crossing stuff off and as long as they've got two healthy safeties they should be you know they should be in a position to win that game um nine and a half is a pretty big spread um for a team that played as well as Green Bay last week so I think there might be a lot of people kind of looking to take the take the points on that one well we well, let's let's get into the game actually before we get into the game mike one last piece of uh, info we, we we always have to ask you obviously bill belichick has left uh the new england patriots uh, just after we recorded the final episode i know you've done other pods and spoke about it in length the news came out yesterday that the atlanta falcons have interviewed him for the head coach role or as someone put on twitter bill interviewed the falcons for the head coach role <laughs> that he's obviously going to take um Chicago's been mentioned, the Bears, obviously. Um, I, I guess some people have, you know, funnily enough said, well, you know, Dallas <laughs> might yeah. want him. But where, where do you see him going? Well, I think in Atlanta, he would have complete control. And in Dallas, he probably would, um, whatever promises Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones make, make to him. Um, no coaches have ever really been able to have complete control over Jerry, apart from maybe Jimmy Johnson. Um, I think what you're going to see, and, and there's going to be some more interesting moves. I mean, I think Mike McCarthy will be out. Um, there's a good possibility that Nick Sirianni may be out. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of rumors. Yeah, which is, which is strange. And you've got some really good coaches around. Pete Carroll wants to coach some more. Mike Vrabel's a free agent out there. You know, Belichick is, is out there. Um, there's some rumors that Andy Reid wants to retire, but I, I'll believe that when I see it. You know, mm -hmm. He's now the oldest coach in the NFL at 65. Um, Sprightly. Yeah. Yeah, which, is, which, is, um, which I think is pretty interesting. And, and there's only um, McCarthy, Harbaugh, and Todd Bowles are 60 or 61. So it's like there aren't any old coaches around now, but there's a bunch of them sitting there waiting to be snagged up if if teams want to do that. Um, and the other Harbaugh has been interviewed by the Chargers. Um, right. he wants, obviously, he's, he's getting out of Michigan before well, 
Annie Cork case comes. <laughs> his yeah, I way. think he's doing Pete Carroll. You remember Pete Carroll got out of USC when the program got, <laughs> yeah. got yeah. NCAA sanctions. And that's he, another guy gone as well. Obviously, Pete Carroll. So I mean, there's. By the way, don't don't also forget um, Mike Tomlin, who was quite non-committal to uh, to a reporter's question about his the last year on his contract. I'm I'm sure. I think you sent that to me, Kieran. Yeah, yeah. Mike Tomlin out. was asked. He said he was asked. You've got he, the reporter asked him at the podium. You've got one year left on your contract, and he just walked away. He just did. He just didn't even acknowledge the question. So, I don't know if you're if you're going to stay. If you're planning on staying, you'd think you'd at least entertain the question or not give at least the media the the fuel to sort of speculate about his future. I, mean, I think he's going to stay, to be honest. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, but it was a strange. Only, it was a strange yeah, he's answer. Only 51. He's, he's also got the longest, longest he's got serving the longest tenure in the yeah. league. He's been coached for seventeen years, but he's only fifty-one. That's incredible. No, okay, let's move on to the games. The first game we're going to look at takes place on Saturday at half past nine. It's the Houston Texans taking all the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, the spread is 9.5 at the moment uh, for that game. And the total points, total is 43.5. Gone down um, a point. That is the lowest total points of the weekend with the Packers and 49ers being the largest, as you would assume, with San Francisco basically scoring 30 points in every single game they played. Um, let's go Texans-Ravens. John Balf, you yes, obviously sir. had a great look at the Texans with them beating your beloved Browns. Mm-hmm. But... The Ravens have been our second favorite for Super Bowl. Their favorite for the AFC. They are the team. Justifiably uh, so. Um, yeah. What do you think? I think, yeah, well, they're they're legitimate favorites anyway. Uh, I'll say that for, uh, right off the bat. They're a very good team. Pro, more than likely the best team in the AFC. I think I can't see any team matching them at the moment. And uh, it's an interesting game to me, this, I think, because I actually do think that Houston are a little bit more in play than the 9, 9.5 handicap suggests. But I suppose just jumping to the chase, I think the under might be the, the better way to go in this one. Because I think there's a, there's a case that the strength of either team doesn't necessarily match up so well with the strength of the other team, if that makes any sense to you. The Ravens, just looking at kind of under the hood for a second, the Ravens run the ball. Uh, I think it's the most in the NFL. Right, just over fifty percent of their plays are, are they keep the ball on the ground. Uh, but the problem for that is the Texans are the second best run defense in the league, allowing just three point five yards per carry, and they have similar grades and other kind of uh, defensive at, uh, aspects against the run. And switching switching the gears slightly, uh, Houston throw the ball a damn lot as you would with someone like CJ Stroud under center. 72% of their offensive yards are coming through the air, but the Ravens have one of the, if not the best secondaries in the league, limiting opponents to just 5.1 yards per throwing play. So I think, you know, it, sometimes these things can be difficult to read, but on paper, that looks like each team has the capability of cancelling out the other team's strengths. Whether or not it plays out like that, remains to be seen because let's be honest last weekend there was a a bunch of surprises and a bunch of blowouts there was only really one competitive game in the entire first round or the super wildcard round so who knows if that's going to play out in this one but this one is teed up i think to be a competitive game but the ravens should win but i think the uh the better way to look at is the under 43.5 that's gone down like i said a point since yesterday so perhaps uh some other people are agreeing with me on that one but yeah the under is where i'm looking at here Mike, if it's forty three point five, that to me, John is, is is hinting as well that the plus comes into play. The plus nine point five. Do you agree with that? 
I think I would as my I think Mike might have frozen there or something. But uh, yeah, I would no, agree. I, no, I thought I thought he was asking you. No, oh, no, yeah, no. Yeah. A miscommunication in the pod. We're over a hundred episodes and we finally had a miscommunication. <laughs> yeah. um, no, um, Mike, how do you see yeah, it? Though? No, I, I I think nine and a half is is quite a quite a good spread. I um not not quite as good as Green Bay's against San Francisco, but I think they the Houston could keep the game fairly tight. And nine nine point five would probably be if I had to take a bet on winning, losing, that would probably be it. Okay. Uh, Mike, I'll stick with you for the Green Bay Packers at the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, look, I, I spoke about, obviously, the Packers are basically the ads. I, I should give their odds for the Super Bowl. I didn't. It's 25 to 1 along with Tampa. Houston are 25 to 1 as well. So it's like two, three teams for 25, and then you kind of get to the Lions and the Chiefs, Bills, Ravens, 49ers going, uh, counting backwards there, if you will. So... Uh, you would see that that is why the Green Bay Packers have the uh, the biggest spread of the weekend, uh, but the biggest over under as well. As we mentioned, San Francisco 49ers like to score uh, thirty average thirty points uh, per game last season. On the money line, the Green Bay Packers are seven to two. The 49ers are one to five. Nine point five is the spread. Fifty point five is the over under. Mike, uh, they've had their feet up for the week. They said. In the press conference, they started planning for the Packers at halftime in the Dallas game, <laughs> um, yeah. which they probably yeah. were able to do. But you, you just kind of feel that maybe the Packers might be running into something they're not able to get beyond here. This is, yeah, this to me is is a, a, a good matchup of, of the Niners defense against uh, um, a very, a very um, efficient offense, but one where the Niners are used to playing these kind of teams, you know, the, the Packers offense is very much like the Rams offense. It's a lot of play action, crossing routes. And, and like I said earlier on, they've got the personnel to be able to stop it. They're very tough up front. They've got two really mobile linebackers and their, and their secondary, if, if they've got their safeties is, is, is very good as well. So I, I think the 49ers will be able to handle this. What they, what they don't want is to have to play catch up with the, with the Packers. Um, if they go out to a lead against the Packers, I think they're pretty they're pretty safe. Um, if Green Bay can score early and take and take a lead, I think that could change the dynamic of the game a bit. But I I like the 49ers in this. Um, I'm almost willing to give Green Bay the points a- anyway. And um, the 50.5 finally balanced. I might go under on it in the end. Oh, under. Well, I'll tell you why I think it'll go over is because if you're Green Bay, and for many of these underdog teams this weekend, you're going to say field goals aren't going to be enough. we got to score touchdowns to win this game because every time we give the ball back, they're highlighting. Take out the Kansas City Bills game. I think the like the, most of the teams are going to be like, we need to score a touchdown on every drive. Um, Green Bay will certainly come in like that. And the 49ers average 30. That's just my tuppence halfpenny Johnny B, but why don't you take <laughs> us to C&D? <laughs> what a what a lead in there. Um, yeah, I think it's it's an interest. Like, yeah, it, this kind of feels a bit similar to the previous game we just discussed as well. I think with the the Forty Nineers team coming off the bye, the team you know you're sort of unanimously regarded as the best team in their conference uh, for good reason as well. But you know, it also says a lot. I think that um, the Packers going to Dallas, being the first team in sixteen to to get a win in Dallas. And they're still, you know, 9.5 uh, underdogs, uh, 9.5 point underdogs in this game. So I think that says something about, number one, how good the San Francisco 
uh, 49ers team is in the brick two, whether there's a, there's doubts out there that the Packers can put those two types of games together in sequence on the road in the span of basically a week. So it's going to be a tough one for them. But what's looking good from their perspective is, and I think maybe some of us had, well, I'll speak for myself, I had sort of written off, not written off, that's probably the wrong way to do it, but Jordan Love has really come into his own in probably the last third of this season. And it didn't look like at all it was going to be like that for the first, I think he started okay, but there was a little bit of a lull there after the first three or four weeks of the season. But he's coming, he's looking like a proper NFL starting caliber quarterback. Uh, but is he is he the sort of player that can author a, a second big time away win in the postseason? If he can, the Packers have their franchise quarterback for the next several years. But we'll obviously kind of see how this plays out. If he gets an away win here against this San Francisco 49ers team, it will be huge. And I think we all have to reevaluate how we see them and their 40 and their Super Bowl odds and all sorts of things like that as well. But I think this is going to be a bridge too far, generally speaking, for, for them. 49ers are going to be too good. They've got too much point scoring potential. And uh, I think I'm going to be going for San Francisco here on the handicap, even though they're giving up a bunch of points. Okay. Um, it, was inter- it was interesting because Love was throwing some real bullets out there. And he was making some throws like off his back foot, you know, fall, falling away and still putting on. He's got a really live arm. It was a very mm-hmm. impressive performance. Uh, just to be clear, I have been praising Jordan Love for weeks and weeks on this pod. Um, well, no one listens to you, Kieran. Just saying. Uh, <laughs> that game is at a quarter past one on Saturday night, Sunday morning. If you are staying up, and you should do because it's a cracker. Uh, games on Sunday, eight and half eleven. So a little bit easier if you're heading to work on Monday morning, which uh, most of us are. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are at the Detroit line. So a reminder, this game is played indoors. Um, on like the reporter who asked the <laughs> books coach see that on Twitter Mike they asked how they're getting ready for the weather and he was like no. uh, we play in a dome Seven <laughs> <laughs> to 5 about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the Detroit Lions are 1 to 3 6.5 is the spread 48.5 is the over under Johnny B I'm going to come to you first because you were waxing lyrical last week because you had dropped my phone near the mic there you were waxing lyrical about the Rams, um, as we I all was know. It, wasn't I? Yeah, I was um, wondering if that would if that would get mentioned this week. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it like you were almost right. Put it that yeah. way. I mean, it was the closest game of the weekend, um, and it it almost came down to a bit of a coin toss in the end. But mm-hmm. Detroit Lions have kind of become a team that everyone's kind of rooting for. I think um, they now host Tampa. They wouldn't have been expecting that. Um, uh, at the in uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, they're quite heavily fancied. Do you see your boy Baker Mayfield coming in and spoiling what is turning into be the the party of the season? <laughs> well, you know, possibly. I guess just to answer that question. Uh, he's played very well. Uh, he played particularly well against sort of this version of the Philadelphia Eagles, whatever they are at the moment. But he still played well. And he's he showed clearly that he's he's able to find his receivers, Mike, particularly Mike Evans and I, I guess Chris Godwin as well. But there's a thing going on there with Mike Evans. He's built seems to have built up a decent rapport uh, with him, which which really really helps. But yeah, I think the Baker Mayfield experiment in Tampa has gone a lot better than most people would have would have predicted. Uh, except you, John, of course, because you have well, except me, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I remember not to call you out or anything, but I remember you you'd written off Baker Mayfield. <laughs> yeah. You really I have. Have. I, yeah. I, I, and I still, I, I'm not saying I, I have, but I, I, I don't think Tampa have the most amazing record. And I don't think he is a superstar quarterback. Um, and yeah, I think I'd, his victory at the weekend that. might yeah. have something to do, maybe more to do with the Eagles 
hitting whatever the Super Bowl hangover or the wall or the 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 team just falling apart with a coach that might yeah. be out the door and a quarterback that didn't get on with the coach as far as we know and and a team that didn't get on with the quarterback. So there's lots of things happening with the Eagles. Oh, there's numerous factors, yeah, for for, uh, for sure. But it, but he seems a lovely guy as well. He's fun. Like it's a, it's he's a fun quarterback to follow. I'll say that much. But like he's still, you know, in regard or regardless of all of that kind of stuff, he's still in the midst of his the best season of his career. What is he in the league now? Five, six years. He had twenty eight touchdowns uh, before the playoffs and just ten interceptions. So that's that's pretty damn good for a for a starting quarterback in the league. For particularly for a team like Tampa, who didn't really have that much expectations this season, and they obviously emerged from you know what most people would regard as the probably the the worst division in football let's be honest they, they were kind of falling over each other to not make the playoffs in that group but anyway in this game the lions most people would, would agree that the i suppose detroit are, are the overall better team um but it'll be they still have like they're not going to go all the way so somebody's going to beat them i think you know this could be a touch wood type thing this might come back to haunt me but someone's gonna, like they're, they're there to be beaten for this Tampa bay buccaneers team the lions defense is there to be got at they allow a lot of points per game they give up certain situations that you wouldn't really expect a top NFL team to give up as well. But I think the key in this one, again, just to look, again, I, I like to look at the metrics and the stats and things like this before uh, before I come out of the show. But the the Lions are the best uh, red zone offense in the league. They basically, even last week, they scored a touchdown on all three visits to the red zone against, against the Rams. Uh, and they score overall, they get a touchdown 65% of the time that they get into the opponent's 20 yards or more. Now, the thing is, the Bucks excel in that area of defense, and they give up touchdowns just 43% of the time. So it's those kind of things where you get really the clash. And whoever can f- kind of find a bit of ascendancy in those types of situations should come through. But I think this one is teed up for, uh, for a Lions game. But I think this one is the best candidate of the week, uh, in my opinion, for the over. It's, it's a 48-5 uh, over, at least it was as of yesterday. And uh, I think this one has the potential for some points to be scored in this one. So I wouldn't be surprised if this one hits the over. Okay, that's going to uh, be a game. It's going to be a game of pass rush. I think you know, yeah. um, whoever's whoever's rush can be can be dominant. We'll we'll probably take it. Um, and it was interesting that Cade Otten got an awful lot of looks from Mayfield last week because they were trying to stop Mike Evans and, and Chris Godwin as you normally do with varying degrees of success. But Otten had a big game. I don't think that happens again. And I'm not sure that Tampa will be able to run the ball very effectively against the Lions either. So I like the Lions as well. Um, and I'd probably take them giving six and a half. I have a question there, John, on your stats. And I'll tell you why. Because the Lions obviously are kind of the, we go for it on fourth down no matter what team. Correct? Mm-hmm. We'd all agree with that. They don't really kick field goals. And they kind of... so. I wonder if that changes the mindset of why they're so successful in the red zone area because the quarterback and the whole team know well we're unlikely to kick a field goal here. So. As in we'll have an, we have an extra down to get this done, so we can, yeah we kind of yeah. have an extra down. Um, yeah, they, they, like they they're they're uh, the way they play the game. What is kind of endearing in a slight way, and I do think at times you can have in every year there is sort of a team that makes Super Bowl run. And if it is any team, it's going to be the Lions this year. They had a good season. Um, they've now won a playoff game. They've got a second playoff game at home against a team that, if it was a regular season game, you would be like, yeah, the Lions should win that, really. Yeah. So, And that gets them, you know, right at the door of the dance 
All you got to do is be invited in at that stage, John. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right at the door to dance. Speaking of the dance, the Kansas City Chiefs take on the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo due to that egregious call that Kansas faced a couple of weeks ago when poor old Patrick Mahomes found that the rules were used correctly against them. <laughs> um, and that is why they are in Buffalo for this one and not at home. And it's Mahomes' first ever away playoff game. Um, in the NFL, in the NFL, as usual, the late game, the late game Sunday is the one played in the in the coldest temperature outdoors, uh, just yeah. to make everybody suffer. But I checked the weather. By the way. To watch it, at home. The weather oh, is going to be. It's going to be uh, according to NFLWeatherWatch.com. It's going to be minus seven degrees in Buffalo come game time. That's but, not that bad. It's minus four in Dublin right now, and I could <laughs> I could do stuff. Could you, play, could you play an NFL game? Is that minus, is that minus seven Fahrenheit? Or That's Celsius? Minus, no, it's minus seven Celsius. We don't understand Fahrenheit. Yeah, I literally what is have it? no idea what any of it is. It's 19 Fahrenheit. 19 Fahrenheit. Doesn't make yeah, any sense. That's pretty cool. And, and I hate when they say it's four, minus 14 degrees with the wind chill because wind chill is completely unscientific. It's They just add the wind speed to the temperature or some, and say that's what it is. It feels like it's 20. How do you know it feels like it's minus 23? You know? They do that on your iPhone now as well. feels like. And they're like, bitch, don't tell me what it feels like. <laughs> uh, the money line can't. Oh, no, Mike. Are you about to say another the interesting thing is? The interesting thing about Kansas City is that, you know, two of their wins in the last four weeks have been when um, they've they've kicked Harrison Butkus has, has kicked, what was it, six field goals, and then he had four um, mm. last night. And Andy Reid is not doing the crazy go for it on fourth down team. He's just putting the three points in the bank. And that worked really, that worked really well for them um, against Miami. Not that Miami was in with a shot anyway, but, you know, but that 12 points came in handy. Yeah. Yeah. Miami fairly fell away in that game. All right. Um, just couldn't get anything going. Uh, six to five about the KC Chiefs. The Buffalo Bills are four to six. Uh, 2.5 is spread. 45.5 is the over under. Uh, John, um, I read that uh, Taylor Swift did not perform in Buffalo during her US leg of her world tour. So this is her punishment now having to watch her boyfriend play <laughs> in freezing conditions in a stadium she should have played at. Yeah, uh, well, she'll be kept nice and warm as she was last week. I'm sure we saw that picture of her behind. We see thing. more. Uh, count how many times window. we see her. It doesn't annoy me, by the way. I know some people get annoyed on by Twitter. I mean, get a life. But I mean, yeah, but we do see a lot of her. Yeah, as we should. It's Taylor Swift. That's true, yeah. <laughs> that's the, the, the that's the argument ended. That's yeah, exactly, argument. precisely. There was, there was another woman. There was another woman who's um, Braxton Barrios's girlfriend who was in Kansas City and posted a picture of her, you know, fighting the weather conditions. She was in her hotel room and had a wool cap and and a parka and six inch spike heels that were about <laughs> a quarter of an inch wide. <laughs> That's how I, I dress for inclement weather as well. Yeah. yeah. She's going to walk to the hotel lobby, get in a limo, get dropped off at the VIP entrance of the stadium <laughs> and sit in the box the whole time. She won't even go near snow, you know? Yeah. But the box did fog up with condensation from being hot and cold mix. So, I mean, you know, that everyone has problems. Uh, John, true. this is the closest game of the weekend. It's the game of the weekend. It's the one mm -hmm. we're all looking forward to. But Miami and Kansas was the one we were all looking forward to. And that was, not to put too fine a point on it, but not worth staying up for the... Bit of a dud, yeah. Um, I think... Tell me know, this isn't going to be the way. 
Well, I hope not. It's it's the game on paper, but yeah, like I mean, I'm not going to repeat your point too much, Kieran. But like, yeah, you absolutely say it's it's sometimes these games on paper don't play out like we expect in reality. But you know, looking at this game, Kieran, you mentioned at the top as well, Patrick Mahomes' first ever away game in the playoffs, which I think is big. Now that's reflected in the uh, in the odds, but if you look at it more more closely, or not even more closely, if you just zoom out a little bit, I suppose. What we have here is Patrick Mahomes as an underdog in the playoffs. And I think even despite the fact that they're playing uh, a resurgent Bills team, a Bills team who seems to be playing pretty well, still not the finished article, but a Bills team that has the capability of basically winning in every game they play if they if they, if they perform as they can. But still, I'm just going to repeat it. This is Patrick Mahomes as an underdog in the playoffs. So that's going to be that's that's attempting no matter who they're playing. Now, it's a tricky game. Like you say, it's going to be cold. Uh, hopefully Taylor Swift is okay and doesn't get too old there in the situation. But I'll text her. Yeah, I think uh, like Buffalo, they met earlier in the season, obviously. Uh, what was that? Probably six, seven weeks ago, for memory serves. Buffalo won that one 2017. Uh, but that was a game that the Chiefs could have and probably could have won. They outgained uh, the Bills in that game as well. 5.6 yards per play to 4.5. In this league, it's very very difficult to get two wins over over the same team in, in the span of a season it, it's actually relatively rare um now in that game as well the previous game josh allen was just 23 for 42 had trouble kind of dealing with the Chiefs' secondary i think this game is teed up for a very kansas city win to be honest with you um perhaps i'm just being overly or i'm looking too closely at the mahomes, mahomes underdog status but i just can't i can't put that one down patrick mahomes is underdog i think is the way to go here okay mike this, this is this is the game where you really should check the injury list because Buffalo's got so many injuries on defense. They could be very, very thin, um, especially at the linebacker spot, uh, which is essential against Kansas City because they like to run lots of crossing routes and Kelsey likes to run the middle of the field. Um, so that's one thing worth checking. But to me, this game boils down in the end to which guy is going to make the unexpected play. You know, Kansas City, I think Buffalo's probably got a more balanced offense than Kansas City. And when Allen is, you know, is getting a 52-yard touchdown run, it's very hard to beat them. And we saw Mahomes scramble for, I think it was about twice for about 26 yards, something like that, um, against Miami. It's like those are the plays that will will define the game, I think. Um, but I agree with John. I kind of like the Chiefs, even though I really hesitate to take a road um, a road team in Buffalo at this stage of the season, but getting two and a half, not great, but you know, I'd take three easily. And strangely enough, I think it might go under 46 and a half. Okay. What do we think, um, of uh, the Josh Allen slide stuff? Do we like obviously he kind of faked it for 50 yards and then he didn't fake it and he went down and the defender was got a flag. It's a bit of an unfair rule, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, he gamed the first one. He did a sort of stutter step, you know, and made it look like he was thinking about going down. And then he saw that an opening on his left and he took off. Um, the other one was not egregious, but it was still a penalty. Mm. Um, there were worse, there were worse non-calls um in other games the one where puka nakua didn't get a call um toward the yeah, end yeah, there yeah, yeah, was, yeah. was really atrocious yeah i just wonder if josh allen's going to regret doing that because at some stage he might try and do that again he's going to end up with a a, a chomp and tackle because if i was a defensive player now 
I'd be like, I'm hitting him no matter what. And I will take the flag. Um, which I do think someone like and it was mentioned in a, in, a, in our kind of what's I, th I think the Lions play a little bit like that as well. I I, I don't think Campbell is too upset about defensive flags. Yeah. You know, yeah. we play hard, and if they flag us, hey, you know, we'll take the ten yard penalty or whatever. But we might get away with it enough to win a game. Um, I think Josh Allen might find this weekend he might end up on his back once or twice because of that. Um, well, this, yeah, Mike, six four two forty five. <laughs> Yeah, 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 he's well true. able to take a hit. Yeah, um, but, but quarterbacks yeah. are a protected species. Um, which I mean, if you've got Joe Flacco, John, you really should be, you know. <laughs> yeah, we all have <laughs> Joe Flacco, he's not just for the brands. Joe Flacco lives in all of us, is what you're trying <laughs> to say. Uh, also, while we're talking there, I always name a show, obviously. Um, Joe Flacco lives in all of us is good, but but due to the SEO value of Taylor Swift, I think I'll call it Taylor Swift Heads to Buffalo. So if you're listening to the show right now, if you check the headline, that's what this will be called. And I will let everyone know last week if calling it that and putting Taylor Swift in the title uh, increased the listenership by much. Uh, yeah, just, the, let's just call it Taylor Swift only better. It's a hypo, it's a hypothetical test or a hypothesis yeah. test, whatever. Someone will let me know on Twitter that I said it wrong. Lots of people do. Uh, let's get to the best bets of the weekend. Uh, Mike, do you want to run through everything? To let everyone know as well, Mike is a little bit under the weather today. Uh, that's why he's a little yeah. bit quieter than usual. But are you able to run through what the best bets of the weekend were, Mike? Do you remember? Yeah. Um, John had the over in Pittsburgh Buffalo, which came in nicely oh, and God, easily. I, mine lost now. I don't like he's, the he's 10 and 8 on the season. That's a good, good season. Any, yeah. Anytime touchdown for Taylor Swift's boyfriend. And that did not come in. So the man was distracted. He's dropped down to nine, seven, and one. And I had Duncan Kincaid with over 36.5 yards receiving. And he had 59 on the game and well didn't get an interference call on one that would have given him another 40. So I'm 11 and seven. So it's 11 and seven, 10 and eight, nine, seven, and one. I kind of feel oh, it's it's a close away one. for me. I yeah. kind of feel it slipping away from me. And I blame, I blame the Kelsey brothers. Well, That's there's one less Kelsey nine, brother in the league now. Yeah, one eight, one eight, is retired. Nine, eight, nine, eight, and one. Uh, yeah. Just so, just so you I'm don't not get happy. carried away. I'm not happy. I'm not happy. But but because it's my show, I'm going to go first. I'm going to go over in the Packers 49ers game, 50.5. San Francisco score at least 30 points in this game. Um, Packers, they're going to have to keep it. Uh, they're going to have to keep the, this is the, this is the, the, the big game this weekend where the, the other team playing, no, they have to keep scoring points. You have to keep scoring points against San Francisco or you're going to lose. So 50.5 is over. That is it. Uh, I'll go to John next. Yeah. He's going last because he's in the Oh, no, John's in the lead. Shut up, John Baff. You're in the lead. Mike well, Carson, Mike's, Mike's in the lead, isn't he? No, I think, I think John's in the lead. All right, shut up, Mike Carson. John, go. <laughs> you can go. Well, I, I, uh, I'll keep it brief. I guess we've talked about all the games in depth, but I think I'm going to go back to the one we discussed at the beginning of the show, which is the Texans visiting the Ravens. Um I'm not going to be surprised if the Texans win, uh, but I think the Ravens should get it done. But I think the best one, as discussed in our little preview about 20 or 30 minutes ago, is I think that the under uh, is might be the way to go in this particular game, given the fact that both of the team's offenses don't necessarily interact so well with the other team's defenses. So that's all I'm basing it on. Uh, but I think this one probably hit, could hit the under 44.5. Okay. Don't call it a little preview. It makes it sound like with, with children. A very something. large, extended, <laughs> an extensive, preview. fully <laughs> yeah. researched analysis. preview. Yeah, an analysis <laughs> of the game, if if anything. <laughs> um, Mike, 
Yeah, well, I'm sticking with tight ends and Sam Laporta over 33 and a half yards receiving mm-hmm. for the Lions against um, against Tampa seems to me a pretty good bet. Do you have the odds on that there off the top of your head? I think it's five to six. Okay. Loud. Like it's not four to six, shall we say? I'll, I'll double check it to make sure it's not sneaky, like one to three shot, but it's obviously won't be. <laughs> um, yep, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, I can see it there. Yeah, uh, five to six. That is it, gentlemen. Thank you so much, Mike, for holding it together. Respect, R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Uh, John Balf, uh, you're healthy as a horse, so, I mean, you didn't really have to do anything. Um, and that is it uh, for NFL. Only better for this weekend. As you said, uh, it really is getting down to the wire. We're already making plans for our big Super Bowl show, um, and we've got a couple of episodes left before that. But the road to the Super Bowl really takes shape this weekend. Please gamble responsibly. Remember the offer on site of Bet5. Uh, get a free bet on Bet Builder. See the t- terms and conditions in the uh, description of this pod, which is obviously called Taylor Swift Heads to Buffalo. And I'll try and put like SEO search words like shake it off and cruel summer. And um, I'll find out some other names. Give me another name of the song, John. Uh, I can't remember. All too well. That's another one of her. That's why they pay you the big bucks, Kieran, for your. <laughs> yeah. You know everything. You've got the NFL covered. You've got Taylor Swift covered. So, there's I mean, nothing the, I can't do. I'm a thrill. There's no threat. better man for this interaction of NFL and Taylor Swift. Than not, this is the best this, thing this that's ever happy happened marriage. to me. <laughs> As a happily married man with a daughter, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me <laughs> in my entire life. Uh, my thanks. What, to my, probably the best thing that's ever happened to Travis Kelsey too. Let's be honest. <laughs> he does seem to be very, very happy about having a pop star as a girlfriend yeah. <laughs> um, uh, that's it my thanks to John Baff for joining me this morning my thanks to Mike Carlson for getting himself together and just shaking it off I didn't even mean that one and uh, we will be back next week good luck with the weekend hopefully they're cracking games thanks for listening bye for now <laughs>